about how they were advanced in years and did not have children. What we will see this morning is two righteous and blameless people with faults and how God, despite those faults and circumstances, because he's in control, is able to work things together. And so I'm going to read this passage and then we're going to dive in. Starting in verse 5. In the days of Herod, king of Judah, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abha. And he had a wife from the daughter of Aaron and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no children because Elizabeth was barren and both were advanced in years. Now, while he was serving as priest before God, when his division was on duty, according to the customs of the priesthood, He was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. And your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great before the Lord, and he must not drink wine or strong drink. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go before him in the spirit of the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedience to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. And Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place. Because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. And the people were waiting for Zechariah. And they were wondering at his delay in the temple. And when he came out, he was unable to speak to them. And they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple. And he kept making signs to them and remained mute. And when his time of service was ended... He went to his home. After these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and for five months she kept herself hidden, saying, Thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among 
the people. When I was a youth leader at a retreat, I was once asked by a young teenager, Max, why does God hate me? Taken back by the question, I asked him what he meant. Well, he went on to spill his guts to me, saying, it just doesn't seem like anything can really go my way. My social life is in shambles. It's crumbling before my eyes. I've nearly lost all of my friends. My parents have split. I'm attempting to live according to the Bible. I'm praying, but it just doesn't seem like God is hearing me. It doesn't seem like he sees me. I went on to explain to him that I did not know why God was allowing him to suffer in these ways. I went on to say, I, I don't know why it seems like God isn't answering your prayers. I'm, I'm glad that you're praying and I'm glad that you're attempting to live a life according to God's word. Continue to do so. However, let me tell you some things that I do know. God does see you and hear you. God is good. And God is sovereign. Do you know what sovereignty is? He looked at me and he he shook his head no. And so I said, it means that God is in complete control. How do we respond in hard times. Anger, control, doubt, fear? Do we ever question that God is in control? Do we ever question that God is a sovereign God? Do you ever think that God just isn't listening to you, that he doesn't see you? Well, if I were a betting man, which which I'm not, I would say that far too often, then we would like to admit we probably fall in these categories. But what we see in this passage this morning is that because God is sovereign, because he is in control, we can have hope for tomorrow. But what do you you mean by that, Max? Because God is in control, I can seriously have hope for tomorrow? 
Well, if we look at verses 5 and 7, we'll, we'll see that since God is sovereign, we can trust him through trials. Verses 5 and 7 say this, In the days of Herod, king of Judah, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abhah. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. Christians face trials. As we start here, Luke is pointing out two important things about Elizabeth and Zechariah. He points out that they were righteous before God, that they were blameless according to the commandments and statutes. How amazing is it that God looked at this couple as righteous? And blameless according to his commandments. Wouldn't it be amazing if God looked at you and said the same thing about you? However, Luke is quick to point out the next thing. That Zechariah and Elizabeth had no children. And they were well advanced in years. A very polite way for Luke to put it. But why is this a problem, that they did not have children? Well, back in Jewish custom, the thought process was is that if you didn't have children, then God was cursing you for some reason. There was some hidden sin in your life, and because of that, God was not blessing that couple with children. It was almost as if the Jews at this time had developed some type of karma-like theology. And this was one of the hardest things that a Jewish couple could go through because at least if, if you had a, a leprosy, then people could see why you were kicked out or asked to stay away from the camp. Can you imagine the conversations over the years that Zechariah and Elizabeth had to go through? The conversation of when they got married, that all new married people get. So when are you planning on having children, Zechariah and Elizabeth? To a few years down the road, Zechariah and Elizabeth, we're, we're praying for you guys. Then to finally, no comments at all, Whispers and murmurs about what they must have done to be cursed by God in such a way. No less was this man a priest. However, we know that this can't be the case. Because Luke tells us that Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous and blameless before the Lord. 
They walked according to his commandments. It's not that he was cursing them. This was a serious difficulty for a Jewish couple during this time to go through. However, what we see is that because God is in control, we can trust him through trials. Isn't it amazing that through this difficult time, Zechariah and Elizabeth didn't stray from the Lord? Instead, the Lord said, they're righteous before me. A hero of the faith for me is is an old Baptist preacher and pastor named Charles Spurgeon. Charles Spurgeon was known as the Prince of Preachers. He was clever. He was was witty. He pursued godliness and holiness like no one else's business. He loved the Lord with all of his heart, soul, mind, and strength. He he loved his, his word. If you would have scratched him, he probably would have bleeded Scripture. He wanted to see people come to know Jesus as their Savior. However, Spurgeon was a man of many sorrows. Early on in his ministry, while he was preaching the gospel to a packed house of thousands of people, some pranksters came in and started shouting fire. And so people in a panic ran out. Staircases collapsed, killing people. People were trampled and died. And for the rest of his life, because of that situation, he would struggle with depression and anxiety to the point where when he would be preaching, flashbacks would come into his mind. And it's said that he would struggle with finishing his sermon. There were times before the sermon that these flashbacks would come and he wouldn't even be able to preach. And to top it off, he struggled with gout so severely that it would bedridden him for weeks at a time. That if this gout flared up during the sermon, he would ask for somebody to bring a chair so that way he could at least get through the sermon. This man was a man of many sorrows. However, this is the same man that during one of his sermons would say this great truth. It is a great truth that every child of God is afflicted. But it is a lie that every afflicted person is a child of God. Do you think God was unaware or surprised by Zechariah and Elizabeth's circumstances? He wasn't. Christians... Brothers and sisters, we are not promised our best lives right now. However, because God is sovereign, we can trust him through trials of various kinds. We can be like Zechariah and Elizabeth, knowing that God is good despite my circumstance and despite my difficulties. 
Are we known for this? Are we known for faithfulness when trials of various kinds come? When trials of various kinds come, are we known by God as righteous, blamelessly walking in his commandments and statutes? How do we respond during trials? As we come to verses 8 through 17, we will see that since God is sovereign, we can have assurance that he hears us, which is good news when we meet trials of various kinds because sometimes in the darkness, we just don't think he hears or sees us. Verses 8 through 17 say, Now while he was serving as a priest before God when his division was on duty, According to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled. And fear fell upon Zechariah. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. And your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And, he will, and you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord. And he must not drink wine or strong drink. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go before him in the spirit of power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedience to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. God hears our prayers. We see this truth in this passage. As Zechariah was serving as a priest, out of nearly a thousand priests, it's what the, the scholars have told me in commentaries, Zechariah was the one who just so happens to be chosen to do this. I don't think it was by chance, but Zechariah was chosen to have this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. It wasn't every day that a priest would be chosen to do such a great thing, to burn incense. This was literally a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And because he was advanced in years, the chances of it happening were even slimmer. However, because God is in control, he willed for this event to happen. And so what we see next is this great encounter that Zechariah has with this angel. The angel of the Lord, Gabriel, appeared to Zechariah and fear fell upon Zechariah. And the angel told him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. I hope we don't miss that. 
God sent the angel to tell Zechariah, Zechariah, God hears your prayers. And what prayer specifically did God hear Zechariah and Elizabeth praying? For a child. Now, most scholars believe that Zechariah and Elizabeth had stopped praying this prayer at some point. Zechariah and Elizabeth did not need a degree in biology to know that at a certain age, it's just not really in the cards to have children anymore. But here comes the angel of the Lord saying, Zechariah, your prayer has been heard and you will have a son. And guess what? His name will be John and John will be great among the Lord. The angel even goes as far to tell Zechariah how his prayer will be answered. That this son would be the son to prepare a people for the Lord. I don't know about you guys, but when, when looking back on how God has answered my prayers, I just can't help but smile a little bit. I can't help smile a little bit because it's never how I really envisioned it. I know how I want God to answer my prayers. But normally, it doesn't happen like that. Or, or at least it hasn't happened like that for me. There was a time in high school when I would pray every single night that God would send me to a Division II college so I could play Division II basketball. And he did. However, it wasn't exactly what I had thought. Or where I had thought. There was the, the time in college when I was in this English class and we had to write the hardest paper that you have to write in college. It's supposed to be perfect is what the, the teachers told us. And if I didn't pass that paper, then I would have failed the class. And when I got the grade back, I was shocked and devastated because I had been praying that, God, let me pass this class. And in my mind, I thought that he would allow me to get a 100 and that, that I, would, I would have much room. But instead, I would only pass the class with a 0.68%. There was the time when Sharice and I were living in, in Louisville, Kentucky. And we didn't know if we would be able to pay rent for the month. And so we prayed that God would provide us money. And in our minds, we're thinking, well, somebody's going to send us a check. <laughs> but instead, he provided by answering our prayers with more hours at work. Do you know God hears your prayers? Do you know God has heard your prayers? Because God is sovereign, because God is in control, he hears our prayers. And this is so hard to believe sometimes. Especially when we know how God is supposed to answer our prayers. But this is where I need a, to take our attention to Romans 8, verses 26 and 27, which Paul says this, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. 
But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And when he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Brothers and sisters, God hears our prayers. So let us not grow weary in praying. Let us continue to pray for our unbelieving family members. Let us continue to pray for those friends of ours who are adamantly against the will of God. Let us pray for our church and our community. Let us pray. Let us pray and pray some more to the God who hears our prayers. However, I am no fool because some of you may be thinking in here, well, what if I'm losing hope? I'm having a hard time, Max, believing God sees and hears me. Well, since God is sovereign, we can have faith in the midst of doubt. Verses 18 through 23 says this, and Zechariah said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. And I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. And the people were waiting for Zechariah and they were wondering at his delay in the temple. And when he came out, he was unable to speak to him. And they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple and he kept making signs to them and remained mute. And when his time of service was ended, he went to his home. Christians doubt. We doubt in different kinds of ways. We could doubt that God is good, we can doubt that God hears us. Sometimes we doubt that God exists. We can doubt his love towards us. But we can have faith in the midst of that doubt. Do you know what's interesting about this part? This, this is an important part for us to really look at. How Zechariah showed his appreciation for being told that his prayer was answered. After not having children well into old age, after an angel of the Lord came and told him, your prayer has been heard and it's answered, Zechariah says what? Gee, thanks, I'm going to go and tell my wife right now. No. The, the priest the priest says, how am I supposed to know? I'm advanced in years. I'm old, Gabriel. Don't you, you, you should know that. I'm old. How can we conceive a child? As I was studying for this passage, I couldn't help but think, how can the priest, the one who would have been reminded time and time again of the story of Abraham and Sarah, 
The, the couple who didn't have their first child until they were nearly 100 years old. How, how could the priest who had probably told this story hundreds of times now forget about this? And it doesn't matter what age you are, Zechariah. God has heard your prayers and he is going to answer them. One of the disciples gets a, a bad rap sometimes. He's got the nickname Doubting Thomas. However, Doubting Thomas actually showed some faith. He got the nickname Doubting Thomas when he asked Jesus, when Jesus rose again, is that really you? Let me, let me touch your wounds. However, I would argue that him even asking that question displays a certain type of faith. Now, don't get me wrong, he still doubted. Jesus had told the disciples, I'm going to rise again three days later. However, he asked Jesus, Jesus, let me touch your wounds. Is that really you? Do you ever doubt God? This is why I'm becoming more and more convinced, especially after our series through the covenants, that we must remember what he has done for us. This is why we take time to have communion and distribute the elements. Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me. Far too often we, we go through life forgetting our first love. Do you doubt? When was the last time you took some serious time to remember your first love? See, although life will throw us big problems, because God is sovereign, we can have hope for tomorrow. Because God is in control, even when we're doubting, we can trust in him. That he is working all things together for good, according to those who love him and who he loves. But you may be thinking, well, what are we to remember, Max? The gospel is what we're called to remember. It's exactly what Jesus was telling his disciples when they were taking communion, to remember. Remember that you are sinners that need to be reconciled back to God. That because of your sin, judgment and wrath are on you. But because of what Jesus has done, because he loved you first by sending his only son to be a propitiation for your sins, because he took our sins, died on the cross, was buried and rose three days later, ascended to the Father's right hand, we can have reconciliation with him. And when we know that, when we take time to meditate on that, although our problems in this life may be big, 
we can have hope that neither sword nor famine nor nakedness, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Because God is sovereign, we can have hope for tomorrow. We, we can have hope because God is in control of trials. We can have hope that God hears our prayers. We can have hope that when the darkness of doubt comes our way, that we can have faith in knowing that he is in control. So what we are seeing in this passage is this great proclamation that God is in control. He's sending the one who would prepare the way for the Lord Jesus. He would send the one by preparing the hearts of the people to receive Jesus. Because God is sovereign. Even for people who are righteous and blameless before the Lord, they can have hope for tomorrow because trials will come. Doubt will make us think that God doesn't hear or see us. But we can hold fast that that is an enemy from the lie. That our Father sees us, hears us, and has it all under control. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much. We thank you so much that you are in control. That although we may suffer, you are in control. That although we may not know the plans that are tomorrow, we can know that you are in control. Father, would you let this take root in our heart? Would you allow us to remember you? Please, Father, please. I pray this in your son Jesus' name. Amen.